Josh, I have not experienced anything in a long time that has taken over the conversations everywhere I go. Mm-hmm more than chat GPT recently. Yeah. I don't know what else. The epidemic is probably uh, the the only thing in the recent past that has taken a hold of and just encapsulated the whole world. Right. You know, and, and for those of those of you who are listening who have no idea what we're talking about, chat GPT is an implementation uh, most recently of uh, this concept called artificial intelligence okay. where uh, a... a a series of I'm trying to figure out how to how to explain this without yeah. getting too deep into the details but yeah me too uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see you do it <laughs> a series of computers have been trained to function at least at a rudimentary level like the neurons in a brain work there you go um, so that's about as simple as an explanation I can I can assign to it <laughs> and, and, as as an engineer. But right. uh, and, but what it's what it's given uh, computers the ability to do is uh, do more than just act kind of like the uh, the old robots from you know space two thousand or you know that kind of stuff where right. uh, but but it gives it the ability to interpret text, interpret meaning uh, of text, and respond with nuance and i think that's the difference in mm-hmm. what we've already had uh predictive predictive text that kind of thing right uh it, it it's conversational right it's natural conversational if you've never experienced it there's some controversy about it we can talk about that later but that's not what we're talking about <coughs> right now we're talking about how you josh introduced it to me mm-hmm. and how i have used it Multiple times a day since you introduced it to me. Right. And and what I do for a a living is basically write short essays for people to see how they qualify for certain um, funding through the state of Florida for uh, their family members who have uh, developmental disabilities. Right. And it has turned my workload. You know what? It hasn't shortened it, but it's made it a lot better, made what I write a lot better. Because, I mean, I'll still... Still have to, still have to write. But what I write, I, I run it through Chat GPT, and mm-hmm. it corrects everything. Yeah, makes it so much better. It gets you like seventy percent there, and then yes. that it, but that alleviates seventy percent of your work. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And whenever I get better at it, it will cut time. You know, it will right. make me uh, be able to help more people with less time. But um, like Josh and I usually do, we come in here and we talk, we talk for an hour before we even hit the record button. Right. <clears throat> we did that today. But I wanted to uh, ask Josh a question on air. Uh, he brought up, um, Josh, you were talking about helping your daughter with her homework. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm interested in. You being an educator, how is ChatGPT going to influence education? And how are the educators going to pivot to be able to allow ChatGPT or something like that to be a tool that their students use without mm-hmm. taking over. So the what, what sort of started this conversation as, as telling you about uh, an assignment that my daughter needed help with. Um, you know, she's doing dual enrollment 
classes. She's taking high school courses and college courses at the same time. And she She's was a tasked, smarty. She's a smarty pants is what she is. Takes after me. That's right. <laughs> Obviously. Nah, more so my wife than me. But uh, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll both claim 50% there you go. Uh, depending on what's going on. But anyway, <laughs> no, uh, uh, she was tasked with writing a comparison and contrast essay, a compare and contrast essay of, uh, of two philosophers approach to a topic right uh demosthenes and isocrates and uh the the language of of these two essays were very very old language um something where you really really have to be used to reading in that style to understand the nuance of it and everything and so king, king james kind of if you're not used to king james uh, yeah but even more so because it was yeah. like uh old uh, ancient Greek translated mm. into English. Oh my goodness! Um, <clears throat> like old style English. Wow. So yeah, there's multiple layers there okay. of of complexity, and so uh, she was struggling with it a little bit. So I showed her how how to uh, use this new AI tool uh, as a, as a means of helping her understand it, not to uh, cheat and do the, the assignment for her, right. but to help her understand it so she can, uh, be better equipped to use her own brain in, in comparing and com contrasting these ideas. And so, and that's what, that's what sparked me to ask you this question. Right. Because, uh, you, you, as an educator and a father, you want her to use it in the appropriate way. Oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, it, it should be a tool, yep. you know, like, like everything. But, uh, um, so we, we, Pasted the text of, of one essay in and instructed it, uh, restate this essay, but in less formal language, in language that's more easily understood. And so it reworded it, um, just like, you know, made it into plain English. And she was able to then understand it better so that then she could go back to the original version of it and have a better understanding of what's going on so that she could... Uh, uh, more easily parse out the nuance right. of, of the original work mm -hmm. <clears throat> because she had that AI tool to help her. Yep. And uh, and so she was able to to do that, write the comparison contrast essay and, and actually got a, a really good grade on it and was even complimented by, by her teacher that uh, her insight into it, uh, it wasn't the usual like low hanging fruit of, you know, a, a high schooler's take on right. ancient text, you know, mm -hmm. but it was actually insightful. And so, <clears throat> great compliment, by the way. Yeah, I I thought that was so cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, but but in in discussing that, so this this AI tool has been just profoundly uh, influential uh, in in our recent history, just over the past year or so. Very right? short period of time. Everybody's talking about it, and there's usually uh, like like two. <clears throat> Two different approaches to it. One is, oh my goodness, uh, the the machines are rising. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's going to be Skynet and, and Terminator, and we're right. all going to have to <laughs> you know, struggle mm -hmm. for our lives, or mm -hmm. or it's going to uh, be the Matrix. Right, right. Um, the other the other one is, oh my gosh, this is such a cool uh, a cool tool. We're going to transform the world with it and it's gonna be so useful that there's not going to be any part of society that has not been affected by it or is is not helped by it in some way right yep um i thought you were about to put that. oh no okay we're good. we're good i was just looking at the levels we're good okay um 
thought you were about to hit the pause button for a second. Uh, so anyway, I, I tend to sort of take the, the middle ground between those two. There, there's a lot of educators, especially, who are just absolutely uh, dead set against it. I've, I've read articles about schools banning the use of chat GPT okay. on their on their computers or whatever, which is kind of dumb because everyone has a cell phone and can right. use it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. I think if if we're proactive about it and we're and we don't act as though we're afraid of it, but we use it uh, for the advantage it can give us. Right. You know, I I've been using it, implementing it at work, uh, to do menial uh, menial tasks for me that would otherwise take up a lot of my time. And right. so I have chat GPT that acts as an engineering assistant. I have chat GPT that acts as an administrative assistant and mm-hmm. things like that to. to free up my time to be more profitable doing right. engineering stuff. And, not- and these are conversations that you can <clears throat> archive mm-hmm. and just continue to have in the AI feels like you're just having a conversation going on and on and on. The time right. between conversations isn't important to the, to the uh, software. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so you're training it each one as if you have a, the, this, this assistant, this conversation you're training specifically for certain tasks in your job, not right. not just an overall assistant, but in cer- certain tasks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I have you know one thread open that's constantly being trained as an engineering assistant. So I'll have it. Uh, I, the, the example I gave, I had to write an addendum to a letter, an engineering letter I had written two years ago, and so uh, I wanted it to at least start the text uh, of the letter to me, so that I could then go through and proofread it and tweak it and everything. I didn't have to start from scratch. Yes. So I gave it the text of my original letter. I said, uh, now write uh, an addendum that says like these three bullet points. Yeah. And so it did. And it got me, you know, about 70% of the way there. Beautiful. But that saved me 70% of the, the work needed right. to get to that point. That's right. Yep. Yep. And I could take it, tweak it, change a few things here and there. And I had a, a really nice, quick <laughs> quality uh quality letter that could then uh be be used you know for whatever purpose but yeah. um <clears throat> like like any invention especially the ones that have been like so transformative mm. there's always the potential to use it for good or for, or, or for evil yeah. i remember reading about um johann gutenberg mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's associated with the printing press uh, back in uh, the late 1400s, I believe. Um, <clears throat> his primary reason for, for doing that was he wanted to make Scripture more accessible mm-hmm. uh, to the common man. Because prior to that, uh, I mean, the printing press had had existed long before he, you know, he came around. You know, the Chinese were using a version of it. Uh, but he... He had decided he wanted to make Scripture more accessible because prior to that, if you had a copy of Scripture, someone had to hand write that, mm-hmm. or, or you know, it, it took a lot of effort to reproduce something in written form. Right. So now he made this process where you could you could spit them out. I mean, nowhere near as fast as they obviously, but still a lot faster than hiring a scribe mm-hmm. to write out the entire Bible. You could crank out a bunch of pages, yeah. go to yeah. the next one, crank out a bunch of pages, that kind of stuff. And so, but I remember reading uh, he he had this nightmare one night uh, that uh, even though he had. Uh, planned for this invention to be 
used for good, you know, to, for copying scriptures and, and other uh, valuable works of, of, of literature. And his dream, he was being accused of also making it possible for evil things to happen mm-hmm. with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Horrible literature uh, yeah. thing. And so, and that really troubled him. Yeah. And that's really the, uh, the, the conversation we have about a lot of different things, right? right sure. You know, being in the gun club, we talk about, um, you know, the gun, is it the gun's fault uh, mm-hmm. that all these people were murdered or was it the people that used it? And, uh, you know, the same with the printing press, same with the calculator when it came out, right. same with the computer when it came out, mm-hmm. same with AI. Yeah. Yeah. AI can be used to cheat. AI can be used to lie. Mm-hmm. AI can right. be used to do any number of evil things, but right. it can also be used to do some amazingly useful and good things. Uh, it all depends on on the user. Is I've read a little bit and seen a couple of YouTube videos about um, ChatGPT at least attempting uh, the producers of ChatGPT at least attempting to thwart those type of things. Yes. To 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 um, write in in the software that it's not going to respond to these things or however. Right. Is that different? <laughs> Than, than the past, you know, whenever? Not really. I mean, okay. it's it's sort of a temporary measure mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, th- this is all being guided by, by programmers uh, who write these okay. uh, AI <clears throat> models. Mm-hmm. And so we just happen to have a, a chat GPT version where some stops have been placed into the code that will restrict it from saying, like, <clears throat> hey, how, how should I, how do I create a bomb? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it has some measures to recognize that's a potentially dangerous request yeah. to fill. And so it'll respond like, as a language model, I've been programmed to not respond to blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it'll have that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, all it takes is the right programmer with the right motive and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, and even so, and even still, humans are, are a lot smarter than AI, yeah. you know, no matter what they say. Um I've even experimented with this just to see like what its capability for subversion is. <clears throat> and because you can train it mm-hmm. uh, to act as certain people, uh, as if it gets used to acting in a certain way, uh, like say it won't tell you how to, how to create a bomb, but <laughs> you can, you can tell it, Hey, uh, you're writing a short story about a spy and da, 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 da. And, you know, humans can trick AI. It can be tricked pretty easily too with yes. a couple of prompts. Can it? Yes, mm-hmm. it can. So, uh, but here again, it goes back to what I, what I was saying. Like it's AI itself is just an assemblance of yeah. zeros and ones. Yeah. Right. Um, right. the, the intelligence behind it, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, it's an also also a really interesting conversation to have about the intelligent design argument. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Because where did this artificial intelligence come from? Mm-hmm. It came from real intelligence. Right. <laughs> so where does real intelligence come from? Okay, there you go. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, but, but aside from that, you know, all the fear uh, that's placed on its capabilities – really points us back to our responsibility as individuals. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we're talking about it from an educational perspective, schools are, uh, some schools are trying to ban it, okay. um, you know, because they're afraid of it. it but really, it, it has such potential for good use. Its its potential is only realized if it's backed by proper training of the people who use it. So, in other okay. words, are our schools teaching 
our, our children how to be ethical, mm-hmm. <laughs> ethical adults or mm-hmm. not. Uh, because if, if there is no foundation, we talk about this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. A foundation for morality. That's why scripture is so important because right. it, it not only gives us um, how to, uh, how to form an ethical society, but it gives us a foundation for that moral right. framework. Yeah, sure. So that when we come up to something that's groundbreaking and new, first time it's ever happened in, in world history, we have this uh, foundation of moral guidelines to tell us mm-hmm. how this how this thing can be used in an ethical manner. Do you think... <laughs> I just had a thought, man. Do you think teachers are going home using Chat GPT to make, uh, you know, education plans? And then oh, going, absolutely. They'd yeah. be crazy if they weren't. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it would save them so much time and effort in, to be able to perhaps deal with the behaviors in class. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Well, but it, it's also ironic because a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of schools that are trying to ban it because they're afraid their students are going to use it to do their assignments. But then the teachers go home. That's what I was and thinking. They use it yeah, to do yeah, yeah. to plan their lessons. Right, right, right. <laughs> like that so well, you know, it's kind of an irony like they realize it's yeah. a very useful tool but mm-hmm. they're afraid their students are going to use it as a very right. useful tool i wonder where it's going to go though it's it's relatively early in its stages and and we say chat gpt but really whenever we say that we mean ai mm-hmm. in general yeah that's just the, the it's it's most, in the front line right now yeah. chat gpt right right i want to me it, to me it, it, it's like whenever f- Film cameras were taken over by digital cameras. There was a lot of pushback. Right. A lot of pushback. A lot of uh, photographers were going, that's not real. That's not real photography. But after a while, you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't You can't stop it. It just seems to me like chat GPT or AI is like that. It's not going to be able to be stopped, but it can somehow infiltrate in a positive and it's going to be a negative way so i wonder how education is going to finally if they're ever going to finally go okay we know it's here how are we going to use it to help our students Mm -hmm. learn better you know with restrictions or i i I don't know you know it's it's going to be interesting to to find out Mm -hmm. um, because the way you used it with your daughter that's genius you know just be that, but everybody doesn't have that guidance, right? You know, everybody's not going to have that. Most people, I would venture to say, will have a father or mother <clears throat> that came home and they're just getting off of work and they're tired and they don't know. They may not know how to help or mm-hmm. or, or want or whatever the reason is. They just can't put in the right. in the time. So the easy way to do it is to have. Artificial intelligence. Yeah, I mean that's that, that. It's kind of the sad thing is there are a lot of a lot of parents who would just tell their kids, just have it write your assignment for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not. Listen, I'm not. That's not the best thing to do. And, and right, it would take effort to do it the right way. Yeah, you know. Well, in, in here again, it goes back to how uh, how we function as people in our moral base because right. you know there's. There's the moral aspect of that, of of being honest in your work and all that kind of stuff. But in a more pragmatic sense, what you're what you're training your child to do in that case, when you just tell them, just have ChatGPT write it for you, is you're you're teaching them how to uh, skate by with the appearance of knowledge, right. uh, even though you don't. So that now 
they begin to train themselves, you know, just kind of like they train themselves being artificially intelligent right? Uh, so that when they actually get into a situation where that's not available or it's not as advanced as they think it's going to be, they're left wanting Mm -hmm. and and, in need of actual intelligence. So using it as a tool is an amazing thing. Uh, Using it to, to replace uh, a human brain and uh, human judgment and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, that's where you can start and get into some gotcha. dangerous ground. We talked a little bit uh, before we came on the air about a software that I use called Imagine AI mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, to edit uh, pictures. And the, there's times, even in the last uh, couple of weeks, that I've gone on a shoot and I've taken 600, actually I've taken more than that, but 600 made it to the to the software where I wanted to edit their, their acceptable pictures, 600 mm-hmm. pictures to go through, um, and edit 600 pictures would take several weeks of a couple hours a day of dedicated <coughs> work to get mm-hmm. it all. And the better you get, the less time it takes. <clears throat> but uh, this imagine AI, you can shoot your pictures into the software and, <clears throat> uh, with training of the software, you can have it do everything literally within minutes. You put it in there. It takes almost longer to get all the pictures in there than it does for it to edit the pictures for you. And you have parameters that you've asked the the software to to do. And I'm on board with saying, you know, that's, that's cheating in a way, Uh but I don't, it's not, I don't think it is cheating. If you do like what you did, I want to learn how to edit my pictures, and I have taught myself in the last two, three years how to edit pictures the way I like them to be. Right. And if I teach that software to do that like I'd like it, that's not cheating. Right. That's teaching that software to do it like I would do it if I had time to do it. Right. Right. And that, that I don't feel guilty not one little bit whenever I can turn something, my job around in an hour, whenever it would take me two weeks, you know, I remember a long time ago, uh, I was watching this series of uh, episodes. I think it was on like the DIY channel or something like that, maybe history channel. But, um, uh, it was about this luthier, uh, you know, luthier is someone who makes, uh, musical instruments, okay. uh, like guitars, things like that. And, uh, he was a famous guitar luthier, mandolin luthier. And he was talking about the process he uses to make, the, uh, the the front and back uh, sides of a mandolin, and he starts with a you know a chunk of maple uh, or, or whatever wood he's going to use, and he puts it in. He, he's making this traditional music in, musical instrument, a mandolin, right. but he puts this chunk of wood into a computer numerical controlled uh, machining center mm-hmm. that has already been pre-programmed with all, to, to route out all the contours and all that stuff of this mandolin. And he, uh, as he was sort of narrating this process, he said, you know, a lot of people will ask me, like, is this cheating because you're not you're making this traditional musical instrument, but you're using non-traditional tools? And he's like, what does it mean to be non-traditional tools? Because mm-hmm. back, you know, 100 years ago when people were hand carving these and, and uh, were developing this tool, they used the technology that was available to them at that day. Right. Right. Uh, does it mean it's no longer traditional because I'm using the t- the tools that are available to me today? Right. Yeah, there you <laughs> I'm go. still making the same instrument. Yeah. I'm just making it in a more efficient and more reproducible way. Mm-hmm. Um, good and point. it's you know kind of the same same idea yes, here. Absolutely. You know, yes, you're good using point. AI to automate a process that has been done 
in a in a traditional way right. that took you know a lot more time yeah. and things like that kind of like the printing press right yes, right that's exactly right <laughs> so many similarities yeah. by the way those of us that don't know a mandolin and a guitar and all that it's not just a flat back and flat front that that contour yeah. is so important to the sound of those those instruments right that's what makes the sound you the, know? the contour of it the thickness of it as mm -hmm. it maintains those contours right. all that kind of stuff a lot of yeah. science has gone into getting the right you know yep. contours and everything so i own two mandolins so i know <laughs> you did. i'd like to see you play the mandolin sometime <laughs> i haven't some... played in years i'm super rusty that i wasn't really fun. that good to begin with but i love bluegrass <laughs> <laughs> i do too yeah. i do too that would be fun uh josh you know we are uh, a faith-based podcast um, and you know I, I gotta say I've used uh, I've used chat GPT to develop um, some learning modules is this know? like in a, a, an admission of guilt or something <laughs> it does sound like I feel guilty about it does it <laughs> but since I've been using uh, you know this AI I've got backlogs of, of learning <laughs> modules that I can choose from during the day <laughs> Um, you know, if, if a student um, in gun club, and this is a true example, student gun club a couple weeks ago asked us, um, um, how do you clean your gun and uh, how can you sell a gun? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I can write that out right now if I wanted to. Right. But I had chat GP. I, I've got the knowledge. Mm -hmm. It would have taken me a, a, a certain amount of time to write all that out and find the video and da 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 and talk about it. And we talked about it a little bit whenever she brought it up. But I had chat GPT do it and I went in and edited it a little bit, handed it to her the next week. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Here's the written version. And we use that to have the half hour conversation right. about what it's like to clean your gun. And in two weeks now, she's going to bring her gun in and we're going to have a live um, example of literally cleaning her gun mm -hmm. and have Chris clean her gun when everybody and everybody can watch. Right. That's beautiful to me. That's a great collaboration, I think. Of, yeah. Of, uh, and, and that's a perfect example too, because, you know, there was a real brain behind that. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, being the authoritative, <laughs> playing mm -hmm. the authoritative role, uh, you used it to sort of organize the ideas. Right. Organize uh, ideas. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and put it into a, a a format that was more conducive to a lesson. All right. And yeah. if people want to, they can take that with them. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That hard, that, uh, hard yeah. copy of it with them. One, you know, in addition to using this for, for useful things, um, you know, my engineering mind, I, I like to experiment with it too. One of the fun things is using it as a, as a tool to help you develop your ability to express ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. So, cause you can tell it, um, you know, uh, you can ask it a question and then tell it, answer this question as though you are a, you know, engineer or uh, as though you have a master's degree in theology yeah. or though you're a pastor or you're though, though you're a, an atheist or something like that. And that's so, where this thing differs from other from yes. past, from, from predictive text and all that. That's where this thing differs. Yep. Or, uh, you know, you can present an idea and say, um, give me, um, you know, three rebuttals of this using scripture, uh, scripture references. And, yeah. and what, what's, I think is kind of powerful in this is you can tell it like, say you, you pick a topic that's totally against scripture, like abortion, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell it, uh, give three arguments in favor of abortion using scripture as, uh, as a reference for each point. Interesting. 
uh, and, and what that does, you know, because we're told by Scripture to be intimately familiar with God's Word, yeah. and, and because <laughs> perfect example, Christ was being uh, was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Right. <clears throat> we always focus on uh, how Christ responded to temptation. He always quoted Scripture, but we often forget that when Satan approached Christ. Satan quoted scripture. Right. And, sure uh, did. and so he, Satan was using scripture to defend a position that was totally unscriptural. Mm -hmm. And Christ had, had, had perfect answers to that, mm. obviously, because he's wrote it, right? Yes. Um, right, right. But it's, it's interesting to put yourself in, a, in a, an environment that's not adversarial, mm -hmm. but to uh, sharpen your ability. To, to, to parse out when scripture is being misused or whatever. Right. Uh, so it's interesting to, to pose arguments like that. Interesting. That is a, that's an <laughs> ingenious way of using it. My, my um, wife used to work at Navy Federal Bank, mm -hmm. and um, they were trained, and uh, probably most people know this, but uh, people that work at a bank are trained to spot um, uh, counterfeit money, mm -hmm. right? And so if you, if you, if you can... Spot the counterfeit, then you can spot the real thing. Right. Right. So, you, so or vice versa. Or vice yeah. versa. Right. Vice my, versa. My mom used to work at a bank. Okay. Too. Yeah. So and, and, expound yeah. on that. What was well, first thing, what first was I trying to had, say? First thing they had her do was just spend a couple of days feeling real money. Okay. Uh, okay. What the texture is, how it feels, you know, on on your hands, right. scrape across your fingers. Because it does have texture know. to it. Yeah. Like you know how it crinkles, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and just get you intimately acquainted with what real money is like okay because if you have such that such an intimate knowledge of what is true it makes you better equipped to pick out all of the there you go uh, all, all of the counterfeits because right, there's an infinite right. number of counterfeits okay it's only one only truth. one truth yeah Boy, so the more is... efficient the, the more efficient way of picking out a counterfeit is not to study all the counterfeits but to study the truth study the truth <laughs> boy if i'd have came up with that the first time that would have been a great example that, i'm glad you cleared it up <laughs> but it's, it's... Well, i didn't know your wife used to work at a bank yeah too. my, my mom used to for years and years all through college and high school she started in high school and went through college and mm -hmm. got her got, she worked um full-time uh, took part-time courses and got her full education paid for by Navy Federal. Hmm. Married to a genius. We got married whenever she graduated, and um, um, we had no debt. Yeah, that's just so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <clears throat> um, but anyway, you know, uh, Josh, I've been using ChatGPT to do Bible studies, mm -hmm. personal Bible studies. And tell me about this. What is you know? And it will give you. It will give you the scripture, and it will write out the scripture for you, and all, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this last Sunday, we had an interesting—I uh, I thought it was very interesting—sermon um, uh, from Pastor Godfrey called Jeremy Collins at A26 Atlanta Airport. Now he said, "I he started by saying, I guarantee you, nobody in here has ever heard this sermon before. <laughs> right? <laughs> Such a specific." A proper name, a specific place. <laughs> Can't get any more, you know, specific. Right. And uh, he he used some um, uh, some scripture here. And I, and while I was studying this, I used a little bit of Chat GPT just to write it out. Mm -hmm. Could have done it with Google, probably, yeah. you know. But I, 
By the way, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> what, what kind of hit has Google taken, you know, yeah. from ChatGPT? For all I know, there's... Well, Google is developing their own version of it anyway. Okay. You know, because Bing, uh, Bing was like the first to incorporate ChatGPT into their search engine. Okay, okay. Um, it, it, because uh, I think Bill Gates partially acquired uh, OpenAI okay. to make ChatGPT. But Google, I mean, all, all of these big platforms yeah. are, are, are trying to develop their own. So, it, of it. Yeah, so. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just like Google is now. I, it's, I mean, yeah. that's the way life is going to be. That's that's what's going to save us in the end when one, one AI rises up to destroy everything. We're right. going to have three more AIs gotcha. to rise up to okay. oppose it. <laughs> Good. Okay. And hopefully all the AIs will destroy themselves. <laughs> Well, until then, I'm going to continue to use right. this to make my job better and to be able to allow me to help other people, you know, right. better. I, I can't wait to hear. I, I send my reports off to Tallahassee, and they review them. And by design, I have no idea what happens after that. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're copy and pasting them in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't help but they're, they're looking at it going, what Destry has become such a great writer in the last week. <laughs> ChatGPT analyzed Destry's <laughs> application for blah blah blah, no. as though you're a government worker. <laughs> but you know, it, it, the the sincerity is more important than the authenticity in my writing. It right. doesn't have to be. It's actually not from my point of view. It's answering mm -hmm. questions. You tell me about your son. You're telling me about your daughter. What does your daughter like to do? That kind of thing. It, it doesn't that stuff doesn't matter so i can use it all i want to they don't care yeah you know what i mean because it's a bit easy to read it's more concise you right. know what i mean it, it says everything in a couple of words where i used to work a couple paragraphs artificial intelligence is one of the best ways to respond to a bureaucratic <laughs> i like that audience <laughs> yes Yes, it is. I agree. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Pastor Garfrey was talking about a person he encountered in the airport. Yeah. He was uh, flying back from somewhere, and uh, the the people that he was with in, in this um, in this airport uh, uh, were very um, upset and anxious because everybody had been delayed and, you know, whatever. You, you know, you want to get home, and there was however many people in there. And uh, he said it was, he could just feel uh, the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember him saying this, but I'm sure he was anxious as well, you know, ready to get home. Right. Uh, probably Sunday evening, ready to get home or whatever. Yeah, but he's not allowed to show it, though. That's right. He can't show it. <laughs> no, I mean, that dude can't go anywhere without somebody recognizing right. him. Right. He can't. I don't, care if, I don't care if he's in the Atlanta airport or Philadelphia airport. Somebody's going to come up to him and say, <laughs> Pastor God, for you, yep. I recognize you. <laughs> so he's got to represent all the time, yeah. <laughs> which we all should be doing, but... Um, most of us so, can get away with a lot yeah, of Yeah, we, we can get away with it a little yeah. bit because we're not as famous. <laughs> That's right. Um, but he said there was one guy that came in and changed that entire the, enchi the entire room's attitude mm -hmm. by just being um, cheerful. Yeah. And he, 
he he said that uh, that he knew pretty much. I believe I'm remembering this correctly. He knew pretty much that he was going to do a sermon uh, about this right. uh, one day. And the way I understand it, he it was the even, week after that. Yeah, he even told his his staff in a staff meeting like, "I'm I'm going to do a sermon about yep. this. I'm right. going to do a sermon about this." And he's like, "Today's the day I'm doing the sermon." <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Uh, and it was and it was pretty good. He he talked about. Uh, let's see. Let me. I got his notes up here, or the notes that they, that we that we use. Uh, the sign read, "Attitude determines atmosphere." It's true. Um, it's true. Attitudes, good and bad, have an effect on yourself and others. Uh, we, we use Proverbs seventeen twenty two and Matthew five sixteen. And before we go into this a little bit, I will amen this five hundred different times. Um, uh, whenever I found out, whenever Don and I found out I had to have open heart surgery in 2018, we ruminated on it a little bit, several weeks actually before we brought it to my family's attention. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got from a friend of mine that actually volunteers here on our Friday program, our Special Needs Adults Friday program, but Pure Friendship, said, Destry, how you react is going to be how they react. Mm-hmm. And I knew what he was talking about at the time. I thought that was such great advice. So Don and I prayed about it, and we um, and we waited until most of our family was around. And we brought it up. We told him. And we didn't shed a tear. We told him. Don was sitting right next to me. And I, uh, and I looked at everybody. There was about 25 of my family because we were having a family reunion. So I waited until that time to tell everybody. Everybody that I was closest to was in that room when I told them. Right. But God allowed us to go through that time um, of telling them in a very positive, informative manner. And yes, my father broke down for a couple of seconds, and I could see it in my mom's eyes that she was a little anxious. But Don and I were like, we're, we have done the research. We were telling them, we've done the research. We've picked out a doctor. This doctor has done 450 of these these uh, procedures and we're going to a heart valve clinic. Mm -hmm. This is a place that does nothing but heart valve work. And I had a heart valve problem. Right. So we, we actually, and I told them we interviewed doctors, which by the way, they don't like being interviewed. (laughs) Doctors are not used to being interviewed, (laughs) especially heart doctors that are very smart and very good at what they do. They, they're not, they don't, they're not, they're not used to this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand that because it reaches a certain point where you're like, you know, you're done with the interviews sure. in your life. You know? I get and, it. And so then you get thrown back into a situation where someone's going to ask you a bunch of questions yeah. and evaluate yeah. you and all this stuff. Like, look, I get it. I get <laughs> I've it. reached the point in my career where I no longer have to put up with this. Yeah, that's right. And listen, the ones that I told that we weren't, we weren't going to choose them, it took about 30 seconds for them to leave the room. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Whenever we got to that point, after meeting them for the second time, it, they were like, okay, good. Get out of here. And I'm yep. going to go get the next patient. Totally get it. Not a problem. Oh, yeah. But we did, we did the research, and we, we picked the doctor that was right for us. Right. I asked, I asked Donna, if I don't make it off the operating table, are you going to second-guess us not going to Birmingham just because it was inconvenient. She said, yes. I said, well, there's our answer. Right. Right. That's it. That's our answer. So we went to Birmingham to, to get it done. But in the way we presented it to my parents, they thanked us um, weeks after the operation. 
the way that we handled it. Right. No shed tears. This is what's happened. We're going to make it through. We love y'all praying for us and being with us. Um, this is when it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. I even showed them a video of what I'm going to look like whenever they see me in the intensive care unit. Right. And that, my father said, was gold. Because if you would have walked in there and see, <laughs> seen his son, his youngest son, with all this stuff and <laughs> beep, 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 and just stuff hanging off of my head and my rest of my body, he said he would have just freaked out. But knowing going into it, what he was going to see or how it was going to be made the big difference in the world. Same thing with our life, right? Right. Same thing whenever we go through strife. We go through times in, in, in our life where things are, are not the way we want them. Josh, the way you deal with them. Um, you told me about a, a, a trip that you took with your with your family a couple of weeks ago. It was perhaps a little bit more stressful than it was planned. <laughs> a little but, bit, yeah. But the way that you dealt with it, they just, it seemed like it, it could have gone a lot worse if you would have been as anxious as perhaps they were, right? Um, yeah, I mean that you're you're making me sound a lot better than I actually was. <laughs> Maybe you're the anxious one. I don't know. <laughs> there is a lot of inner turmoil. Inner turmoil, but it wasn't. I mean, hey, we were nervous yeah. about me, you know, having my heart and lungs stop for four and a half hours. That that had a little nerve wracking, you know. Right. I think that, um, um, but. Pastor Godfrey said that this person came into this environment and said, how's everybody doing? You know, he was on the microphone to having people come up and, and board the plane. This is a blessed day. We're going to have a blessed day. I am having such a blessed day. And he uses the word blessing a whole yeah. lot. And, uh, and He exuded joy. And, and it was contagious. And it was contagious. Right. He, he, Pastor Godfrey said he looked around and he saw smiles starting on coming. You couldn't help it. Right. He, this guy was did not allow this environment to bring him down. He never said that he was a Christian. Pastor Goffrey said, you don't use the word blessed, for, you know, right. so often, whatever <laughs> you don't have a, a conviction uh, for Christ. He said that changed everything. And there he said, he smiled and everything. So we can take that and we can go through life with that as hard as it is mm -hmm. to stay positive. Fake it. That's what I say. Those are my words. Fake it sometimes. <laughs> See if it works. You know what I mean? Well, you know, there's there's that aspect of it. But, you know, the the other verses that uh, that he referenced, there's sort of this common theme uh, because like the, the Matthew 5 or, or the, the, the Proverbs 17 uh, reference, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good. Uh, the, the one in... in um, I have this on, on the screen, but now you just scrolled oh, scrolled sorry. away from the part that I was about to read. Which one was it? Uh, I just scrolled down. Um, uh, when he, he talks about uh, having a uh, being a positive, shining light, uh, that being a, a great advertisement for Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, it starts within your heart, continues your thinking. You know, there's all these, uh, th there's this theme through Scripture, which... At the beginning, sounds a little bit like a contradiction because yeah. uh, it, it talks about the role of your heart and mm -hmm. how this joy f you know flows from your heart and all this stuff. But <clears throat> there's also this idea in Scripture of our heart being deceitful above all things and desperately right. wicked. That's right. right? So yeah. how do you how do you reconcile those two? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in in fact, you know that that verse I reference uh, being. Uh, um, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That comes from Jeremiah seventeen nine, right? Yeah. Very, very uh, 
well-known verse. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> that's kind of a rhetorical question yeah. that's presented. And, you know, it's, it's kind of troubling when you dig into uh, how this was written. You know, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Hebrew has an entirely different grammatical structure than English does. Right. Mm-hmm. Different uh, um, parts of speech, you know, we have a couple different verb forms. They have a ton of verb forms. Oh, uh-huh. And in fact, in, in this verse in particular, when it talks about our heart being deceitful and desperately wicked, there's a, a verb form in there in the Hebrew called a hithpeal. And what that means is it's a verb that becomes stronger the more that verb is actuated. So oh. in other words, uh, the act of being deceitful makes your heart grow in its ability to be deceitful. Oh, it's kind of like okay. training AI mm-hmm. <laughs> to be an engineering assistant. Mm-hmm. The more you train it to be an engineering assistant, the more the, the better it becomes at being an engineering assistant. You know, yes, uh, right, the, right, right, the right. more your heart is deceitful, the more uh, the better it becomes at being deceitful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to the point where it says, "Who can even know it?" You yeah. know, and, and the entire uh, the entire body of scripture is filled with examples of people's heart being desperately wicked mm-hmm. and deceitful and all this stuff. Right. But then you have these things like a merry heart doeth doeth good, and you know uh, having you know this uh, this idea of being a good advertisement for Jesus. Yes. You know it, it emanating from your heart. So how do how do those two reconcile? And 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 Scripture gives us the answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, our heart is desperately wicked. That's why it needed to be. It needs to be replaced. That's right. That's uh, right. You know, nowhere in Scripture that. will you find a heart being repaired. Right. It's always replaced. Yeah. You know, oh, created good. me a new heart, O oh God. Okay. <laughs> David good. said, and um, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, uh, back. You know, my my background is engineering. Back in the days of the first edition of the Florida Building Code, there was this, uh, you know, this is during the uh, days of Hurricane Ivan, right? Right. Oof, man. (laughs) So back, you know, uh, 2004 was when Hurricane Ivan. Uh, I remember getting involved in these cases where there was hurricane damage to a building. And, you know, when you repair it, there are certain things that have to be done in accordance with the new building code, certain things you can reset to their original state, all this stuff. And there is this rule in there that says if... if, um, uh, a building uh, had sustained so much damage such that the cost to repair it was more than 50% of that building's value, mm-hmm. then the entire building had to be, uh, you know, brought, uh, like demolished and, and right. rebuilt, brought up to a new code, that kind of thing. Like a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That rule no longer exists in that form because there are some very tremendous and costly implications of that. Oh, okay. But at the time, that was, you know, it. I remember because at the same time I was uh, leading a, a Bible study uh, for teenagers in the church I was going to, and I use that as an example, Mike. You know, our heart is like that rule. There is nothing good in our heart uh, on its own. That's why God never says, you know, our heart can be repaired. No, there's way more than 50% damage there, and mm. our heart has to be entirely replaced. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that comes from our relationship with Christ. You know, uh, that, that moment of salvation salvation, we're made a new creature. It doesn't necessarily mean we're impervious to the temptations and the draws of sin, but we now have access to this, uh, to, to this 
really powerful source of guidance and strength that we wouldn't otherwise have. And it makes it possible for us to uh, have this type of uh, this deep joy that doesn't exist outside of a relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. Mm-hmm. So where you can be in an airport at 826 and yeah. be totally ticked off at your at your circumstances right. or you know be on your way to a trip with your family and everything's going wrong at once and still have the ability to smile and have joy mm. in amidst those trials because you have a relationship with the only source of joy uh, of true joy that exists. Mm, amen to that. <laughs> but it, it, it yes, it does happen, but it it was a choice, though, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Whenever he walked up, whenever, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Collins walked up uh, to the microphone, he chose to tap into that, to the Holy, I'm just going to say he tapped into the Holy Spirit and he allowed him to right. to change the environment. How difficult is that to do? You know what I mean? It's a, it's like an AI. It has to be trained. It has to be trained. It, it has to it be has developed to be over, over, you know, you have to constantly make that choice yeah, <laughs> to love right. God above all else. <laughs> That's right. It is a choice. And, and, and I think uh, uh, myself included before I was, uh, before I came to Christ, uh, a lot of people, non-believers are seekers. Um, I, it's challenged to understand that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are changed from the second that we accept Christ, but help me word this right, Josh. It's like we, now we have access to the Holy Spirit where before we didn't perhaps, right. um, um, it, it's still a choice. We can, we still sin. We still choose to sin, or we choose not to to, to sin. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do we know the difference better now that we're saved? Do we not know the difference before? You know, uh, it, it. What you're getting getting to is that that uh, ability to have Christian discernment. Christian discernment. Mm-hmm. There you go. Having yep. the discernment, making the choices. Which here again comes from training your mind to think right. like Christ and that comes by diving into the word you know, like we do in this in this podcast right. we dig into scripture and see what it means and yeah. what the context is because there's so much there that helps us uh, navigate this life right it does last night in gun class uh, the, the, the 30 minutes of gun um, I talked about an experience I had a week ago when I saw somebody that I thought may, could have been breaking into a home across the street ended up right. not being but I took some steps to call the police and found out that no that was a welcome guest it just didn't look like it us talking through those scenarios mm-hmm. and honestly whenever that happened Whenever that happened a week ago yesterday, I was going through my head the things that we discussed in Gun Club because right. we have visited those things before. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, with with going into Scripture. You know, if you walk through them, you find out what the right thing to do is, how, how to perceive things and how to um, present yourself. doesn't always mean that you're going to do those things, but at least you, 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 you perhaps have a better idea of how you're going to react whenever you put yourself in a situation right entertaining those thoughts and we we pray none of our people ever have to use a firearm to protect anybody mm-hmm. but if you do we want you to be trained to do that right in order to be trained you have to mentally go through some processes emotionally go through some process and physically go through processes and spiritually exactly. go through processes if you think that you're going to respond in the best possible way, not ever having been simulated in a simulated situation, you're just 
chances are not good that that's going to happen. Right. You know, you're going to, uh, Chris said something really, really profound last night. You're going to fall to, you're not going to raise to the highest, uh, your highest expectation. You're going to fall to the lowest level of your training. Right. And perhaps that's the same with our spiritual life. Yeah. That, I, I remember there was a, a movie a long time ago. I can't remember what the name of it was. I just remember there was a, a Actually, the bad guy said it, but it's still really uh, <laughs> a really good thing. Chance favors the prepared there mind. There you go. That's right. Chance favors the prepared mind. You make our own luck, perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we started talking about um, um, Chat GPT, and it, it, it's a part of my life now. I know it's a part <laughs> of yours, and and we're using it in the positive way. And I, I pray that the pray that the listeners will. I don't know if I want to ask. You know, I don't check it out. It's here. You're going to be using it one way or another. You're already using AI, by the way. You got a cell phone. You're using artificial yep. artificial intelligence somehow. Automated intelligence. You're, using you're it either somehow. using it or it's being used on you. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it's here. This Chat GPT and all the apps that are associated with it, or that are similar. Are just coming to the surface now where you're seeing okay it has progressed to to now we can talk about it and it's funny chatting online with tech support mm-hmm. uh, now because i'm like you're not I, a person i know you say you're a person but you're not i can tell <laughs> is that what it was is, is it very similar to i mean even that's in the past one of the years? implementations yeah to, right. to make it to make automated tech support bots okay seem more human okay and right. uh, but if you're if, if <laughs> If you're accustomed to interacting with AI, you're like, you're not a real person. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's it's a blast. It is used in the right way. I think is it's a positive <laughs> thing. But I, I'm interested in how education yeah. is going to evolve uh, with it, um, and how people do Bible studies. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can ask it anything. Have you asked Chat GPT something that you? have been surprised of the answer or impressed in a positive way of how it did? Um, um, yes, impressed uh, on, in some cases, um, not in others, scared in some. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And not necessarily because of what AI was capable of, but uh, I, I think, take take the, uh, the Bible study example, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, Chat GPT has the ability to misinterpret scripture. Mm-hmm. And okay, now if you uh, <laughs> if you base your reliance, uh, if you how do I put this? If your understanding of scripture is based too heavily on what AI spits out at you, you're getting a lot of stuff wrong. Oh, I gotcha. Um, it's an it's an extremely powerful tool for, in a lot of ways, but it's uh, if not used wisely and with discernment, mm-hmm. it can be a really dangerous tool. So, knowing that, would it, would it be a safe Chat GPT can can start ten uh, can provide the foundation for ten cults in oh twenty seconds? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Is it a safe practice to cut and paste out of Scripture, put it in ChatGPT, and and uh, tell it to uh, talk, um, read it like it's a fifth grader, or um, um, talk to me a little bit less technically, or in modern English? Is that? 
used as one of your tools. One of your tools. Yes. Let's make that a, a yes. Per, it's another listeners, arrow. Listeners, please in the hear quiver. that. It's one of your tools. It's not the only arrow right. in the quiver. Just like Sunday morning is not the only arrow in a quiver. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just just like this podcast is not the only the three podcasts that Marcus Point has is mm-hmm. not the only. It's a part of your your quiver. Right. Don't let Chat GPT replace the Holy Spirit helping you <laughs> understand Scripture. Write that down, peoples. <laughs> Put it on a bumper sticker, right. <laughs> something, a T-shirt, something. <laughs> That's good. Josh, um, we, we haven't done this before, but would you pray for us as, sure. as we close? Okay, yeah. thanks. God, thank you for the freedom we have to uh, have really neat podcasts like this and talk freely about our ideas um, as it pertains to Scripture, technology, issues that are uh, uh, that are facing the world this time. Lord, help us as Christians, not just me and Destry, but the listener and and uh, you know everyone involved here. Help us as Christians to uh, to realize just how powerful uh, your word is, and not to rely on man or technology or whatever to give us the interpretation of that, but help us to develop our personal relationship with you so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us yes. unrestrained. Uh, help us to be good examples for you so that other people see you working in our lives and, and want more of that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Joshy. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking time. Same. We've got some big announcements coming up. We'll talk about that next time. All right. Sound good? All cool. right. Talk to you all later. Yep. Bye. Bye.